Hey Chasam Ralph, about five lines down, the two dots. Chasmoidim Beroish Ha Daf. So we had, um, essentially, it sounded like from the Mishnah, anywhere that there's names signed, Adim signed, that's not directly after uh, the, whatever the, the star is, in this case, the get, would be no good. The Gemara says, really? Aini? Is that so? Question mark comma. Baha Rav, and Rav was the God of Lador, we circled him, he would chasim min ha tzad. He, he would sign sometimes on, you know, some sort of official document to his name on, on the side. So what does the mission mean? That if it wasn't directly following on the bottom of the text, it would be no good. Well, the uh, Gemara answers, uh, not to be confused with a large city in Illinois, Hasam bis Chicago, Klape Ksav. Over there, it was where the top of the writing was Klape the Ksav. So if you had, let's say, a document and there were a few lines on the side where the top of the letters was facing, I guess, the side of the writing. And that's the case. That's where Rav did it. Well... Let's go further in our mission. Didn't we have a case like that also? And we said, be no good. Ella Hadikatani is a one and a half line quote from our Mishnah. Hikif Roisha Shelzeb, Bitsad Roisha Shelzeb. You had two gitten. Get number one was like uh, about halfway down the page till the bottom. Get number two, you flip around, was also about halfway down the page till the bottom. And you had Be'emtsa or the Adim. The Adim were in the middle. There we said, Shnehem Psulim. Both of those gitin would be no good. Now, why would they both be no good? Why not just <coughs> suggest the Gemara, based on what Rav did, Lexi, Hemi, Sav, Why don't you look at the Adim, see which way the top of the Adim signature is next to which get, and say at least that get should be good. Well, the reason there is, and I think you even asked this the other day, because they didn't sign in the same direction. Wasn't the get was written like this, and they signed like this? The, the get was written, let's say, side to side. They signed their names up and down. Hasam de Ramile ke Ibra. The way the Gemara describes that is similar, like when you have a door and you close the door and you have a bolt. The bolt will go in the opposite direction of the, of the door lintel. Ihachi. Exactly like that, right? And uh, I, I, I wrote it and I didn't send the picture. But uh, basically, if the get is written side to side, the Adim sign up and down. Well, then, if that's the case, Seifa de Katani, let's keep reading in the, uh, the Mishnah, almost two lines. And uh, what are we going to do with this? Quote, If you had two, two gitten on, on one parchment, one get, and then in the same direction, uh, just following it, another get, and the edim were in the middle, so the place that if you read the Adim, they would be coming at the end of the get, which would mean the first text, it would be kosher. But one second, didn't we say that the case in the Mishnah was where the Adim signed not in the same direction, side to side, but up and down, like the picture you showed me, v'i dirami kebra, lav hadi hai mikri, hadi hai mikri. It's not read along with either one of them. It doesn't follow. Ella, and this is a big Ella, we squiggle underline the Ella, the original Rav that we started with that got us into this whole line of questioning, he wasn't signing on a divorce document. Truth is, he wasn't even signing on a regular star. He wouldn't have signed anywhere other than, or had someone sign anywhere other than, the bottom in the same direction as the writing. Well, what was Rav doing, Minhat Sad? Ella Rav, be diski have 
that was when he was sending out written, as you call it, a summons to people to show up in court. So he would write the summons, and then he would sign his name on the side. It wasn't an official document, it wasn't a star, it wasn't a get. It was, that was the case. But indeed, if it was a, a star or a get, he would sign at the bottom in the same direction as the writing. Mishra said, Get Shekaz Ivris, Ksav Soifer Ve'ed Kasher, which sounded like, and we've had this, I don't know how many times, it seems like the third or fourth time in the Masechta, sounds like you had a get, you had a clear uh, handwriting of a particular sofer that we know, and one signature, and that would be good. Ksav Soifer Ve'ed would be kosher. Rabbi Yirmiya, like he did, I think this is the last time, he's only got a few more days he gets, and I underline his name, it's not just that there's the text of the get written in a recognizable um, handwriting, but he also signed his name. Amar of Chista, and of Chista's name, Hamani, who would be the uh, uh, Tana who would say this? It would be Rabiosi. It would be Rabiosi. And Rabiosi is the one who had said, Mili, this is a subject we had a little while ago, Mili loy mimsran l'shaliach. So if a husband told uh, two people to take care of a get, they cannot give that over to someone else. And therefore that concern that maybe they'll go to a scribe and they'll say, oh, he's a chashuv guy, maybe we'll let him sign his one. That, it's not a chashash. And that's why since it's not a chashash, it has to be chasm. So if the actual signature has to be of the, um, of the sofer, and if it is of the sofer, we know that's what the husband had asked for. Hayiksubas chasanim. There was once a ksuba, the uh, wedding ksuba. The asya lekame came before a bavo. Dehavu yadi le letoifsa ulchasimas yada sahada. He recognized the writing of the ksuba. That is, recognized the text of the document that he knew who that was, and he recognized one of the two signatures of the witnesses. He didn't recognize the other one. Savar la achshura. So Rebavo figured that's enough because he recognizes the writing of that particular sofer and one of the two Adim. Amrle Rebirmia. Rebirmia said back or said to uh, Rebavo, who, no, chasam sofer shaninu. It has to be specifically that there's also the signature. What's the Chidushan if there's two signatures? Well, even though one of the two signatures is the guy who wrote it, were not Choshesh that the Adim went. And they were really told that the two of them are supposed to be signing. But because they felt bad, they had the sofer sign as one of them. We're not kosher for that. But indeed, there are two signatures. So if you wrote in the get, not Bob, the son of Steve, and Carol, the daughter, but you wrote like Bob Schwartz and Carol Moskowitz. So we would call it like a last name. That's not so clear. Chanichas is kind of like a last name. It's sort of a familial name. Often if you had a important um, uh, ancestor. So the whole family would be called after that ancestor. Um, so if you use that name to uh, identify the person to get it, it would be kosher. Tan Rabbanon. The uh, goes for two lines. Uh, these things, it's, it's dissimilar to our last names because we assume... Uh, that whatever your last name now is, it'll be your sons and grandsons, it'll go on forever. Um, but in those times, it seems like there might have been a last name that was established, or a, we'll call it maybe a family name was established because of an important member of the family. How many generations later is that still valid? So, Chanichas Avais Begitin, to be valid again, Ad Asara Dairis. So, as long as it originated 10 generations or less ago, it would be good. 
Whereas Rav Shem ben Elazar, we underline Omer, Gimel Dairis, only three generations would be kosher, but Mikan Ve'elech, if this is already like generation four or five from when that name was established, it would be possible, invalid. Okay, that's the end of the Tanaic source. Again, it's different than our last name. We would just assume our last names, the more time passes, the more it's established as a valid identifying name. The Amara, who, who would, of the two Tanaic opinions we just saw, it'd be going like, he said, if you write the associated family name as the identifying name in a get, it's good until three generations. Keman, who would that be like? It's a pretty easy one. Christian ben Elazar. Okay. Am Ravuna. Now, coming off of that, Ravuna says, My crow, where's there a Pasuk that indicates three generations but not further? Well, uh, Pasuk says in Dvarim. Uh, the Jewish people are told, Ki soiled banim, so there's the first generation, banim would be the second generation, ubnei banim, that's the third generation, then venoi shantem, you become like, uh, become age or old, and then it'll be no good anymore. Okay, that's where you see that concept of three generations and stopping there. Arim Shub and Levi, a little bit on a uh, side point, but is that which the Pasuk was referring to, Yisrael avruba, the Eretz Yisroel, which is interesting, it's... Uh, we know that there were the uh, the split in the kingdom between Yehuda and Yisrael, and uh, Yisrael tended maybe historically to be a little bit more into the Avodah Zorah, and, and they were exiled first, uh, quite a few years, uh, quite a few uh, generations before Yehuda was exiled. But the Gemara term is Leicharva Eretz Yisroel, which might be in contradiction to Eretz Yehuda, but Eretz Yisroel wasn't destroyed. Ad Avruba Sheva Batei Dinim Avodah Zorah, until seven, I guess we'll call houses of law that went towards idolatry. It's basically going to be seven families of Malchai Yisrael. Unlike Malchai Beis David, Malchai Yisrael, sometimes it would be uh, a king and then his son, and then they'd all get wiped out and another king would take over, and it wasn't necessarily going all in one family line. So it was seven family uh, idolatrous royal households that it went through, and then it was destroyed. The Eluhain, here's a list of them. Number one, Yeravan ben Nevat. Two, Basha ben Achia. Three, Achav ben Amri. Four, Yehu ben Imshi. Five, Pekach ben Ramayu. Six, is Menachem ben Gadi. And seven, is Hoshea ben Ela. And it was actually in Hoshea ben Ela's time, and that family were what we call the, I guess, the ten lost tribes. The uh, Yehuda was, uh, Yisrael, excuse me, was exiled. Shanamar, like the Pasuk in Yirmiyahu, um, uh, hints to, Um lela yoyledes hashiva. So uh, uh, desolate or uh, no longer is that who, who brought forth seven. Nafcha, uh, nafsha, ba'a, shimsha, ba'yomam. Her spirit is, is all uh, deflated. Um, the, her, uh, her sun has set while it was still day. Bosha ve chafeira. Like, uh, and, and she's embarrassed and she's ashamed. And, and you see there the, the seven. So it was the seven families. Amravami. Uh, my craw, where's there a pasuk? No, what do you mean, where's the pasuk? We just had a pasuk, pasuk from Yermio. So I think he's asked, where's there a pasuk from uh, Chumash? And that's, this is the connection back to the previous thing that we had said. Well, the pasuk there would be Kisailid Banim, Uvene Banim. That would be the pasuk in Chumash. Amalir Rav Kanavaravasi. Le Rav. Says to Rav, it says by Hoshea ben Ela, who was the seventh on the list. It sounds like there were seven families in Yisroel and Hoshea ben Ela, and then they were sent in exile. It says there, He did that which was 
bad in the eyes of the Lord. Rak lo kemalchi Yisrael, just not like the other malchi Yisrael. Okay, now, is that a good thing or a bad thing? Well, it's better. better. Exactly. And then it says, and then the king of Assyria came and he exiled all of them. Does, does that make sense? Why would they be exiled if you have seemingly an improvement going on? Well, Amr Luhu, it's interesting. What was the improvement? What, what did he do that was better, this last king? Oisan par originally, when the kingdom split. So Yeravim didn't want the Jewish people who had been used to going to Jerusalem to continue going to Jerusalem. You can't have a capital city where the king is the Melech Yehuda and you're claiming you're the king of Yisrael. So he set up these um, guards on the, on the roads, uh, like a, a border. So that Yisrael, as opposed to Yehuda, wouldn't be able to go to Regal came Hoshea, which was, I think it was a couple hundred years later, at least, maybe 250-something years later, Ubitlan. He was Mevatel them. That's a good thing, right? Except what was the result? Because the Jewish people were so used to, for already generations of Israel, not going, then they didn't go. Oh, therefore, when the Jewish people couldn't from Yisrael go Laregel, so it was going to hold them against them, but now that they can and they're not Yelchu B'Shevi, it's amazing when, when we sort of don't have the free will choice to do certain things, there's a, a limited liability responsibility. I think in these days we have this ultimate responsibility because people can really do whatever they want. No one's telling them one way or another, at least in most Western countries. So it means we have un- unbelievable opportunity, but uh, heavy, heavy um, responsibility. This is the whole thing of procrastination, People who are staying overseas because of this, you like staying overseas. Right. It's an interesting time. Tough time. But uh, yeah, I I definitely say we're highly responsible for actions these days, most of the time. We can live in a different community. We could change. We could become from if we want. We become not from if we want. It's really probably the greatest level of free will humanity, Jewish humanity, has had just about ever. Should be so to use it well. How do we understand this pasuk in Daniel when it says, So Vayishkoid is like doing it quickly. The Lord hastened the evil and brought it upon us because as like a, uh, he is righteous. Or as a, so I mean, now, does that make any sense? That when someone's really good, they're going to really whoop you? Mishum, that tzadik Hashem lokeinu. Kama, because of that, that's an explanation of and he brought it quickly on us. Ella, do we have two pshatim as to what's going on over there? What's the, 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 what, what point is Daniel trying to make in the Pasuk? Ella, it's, it's a fantastically um, broad view of uh, historical events that we have to take. Hashem, there was a tzedaka im Yisrael, shehigla galasidkiyahu vadayin galasidkiyahu kayemes. Sidkiyahu went into exile. I think this is already at the end of the um, Malchus Beis Yehuda. When they went into the first Galos, um, the final destruction of the first commonwealth, and there had been an earlier Galos, um, 11 years earlier, that was still there, that had established, I guess, Torah centers, yeshivas, Paiskim, Rabbanim, yeshivas. Dixibbe, Begalos Yechani, it says, 
in the one that took place 11 years before the final Galos, Hacharash Ramazgar Elef, there were uh, a thousand, literally it's uh, builders, craftsmen, gatekeepers, but that's not what it's referring to. The, the brilliant Torah scholars that when they opened their mouth, everyone was silent because it was just absolute clarity. And the Mizgar, were the Mizgar, once they said, that's the end of the issue, everyone agreed and it was the end of the issue. The common, how many of them were there? Elef. So it was a, a tremendous chesed of Hashem, almost that he, he quickened, he, he brought it earlier because that you would be able to still have that previous generation that was around. You know, all of the, 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 the Torah world that was built in America from the remnants of, of, the, of, of the Shoah, there weren't that many real gedolim. There were very, very few, but those that were, were, were had this passion, this fire, and everything that was built up. Certainly Lakewood is the greatest example of it. So, you know, one absolute total meshuga of, of a genius uh, with a lot of helpers. And more than, I think he even got more of the Balabatim into it than he did the original Talmidim. You know, like a couple dozen Talmidim. And the Talmidim built it up, but the, 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 the Jewish entrepreneurial builder, go with Rabbanu Shalom and, and let's conquer the world type of spirit. He had a good few dozen of those. Anyway, um, Ulam, the second shot over here is Vayishkad. How can it possibly be a stuck of Hashem that he hastens the, the exile? Well, because if it wasn't for that, there's a, a horrible pasuk that talks about the Jewish people going to Eretz Yisrael, and then you shall surely abey Tavedun. V'noishantem is gematria 852. It was actually after 850 years that that gullus took place, which is almost like if Hashem had kept us in Eretz Yisrael for another few years, he would have had to fulfill the abey Tavedun. So as a tremendous tzedaka of Hashem, he did it two years earlier, and instead of destroying the Jewish people, he was able to, we'll say, uh, simply exile us. Well, we conclude from here that the Mehera of Mariama, like Mehera, quickly, how long is quick of the uh, master of the universe? Tami Mea Chamshin Vitarti, who? 852. So when your wife says, let's go, we got to leave, and so I'll be there quickly. You could say I'm much quicker than Rabbanu Shalom because the Mehera of the Rabbanu Shalom is 852 years. And I did it, you know, a few minutes late, honey. Please don't get on my case. <laughs> Says the Mishnah, get Meusa. This is a very, very uh, common issue. If you have a couple that want to get divorced and they need to get divorced, they get divorced. It's sad. Get on with things. Let's say you have a situation where the husband won't divorce the wife. And it's not a regular situation, but it's where he should be divorcing the wife. But we can't twist this arm and we're saying, I don't want to do it. It's not going to be a good divorce. So get Musa is a, an enforced uh, get. Uh, we'll see how you have to do it. So it would be because so, um, well, if it's done by Yisroel, by Jewish enforcers, it would be kosher. If it's done by uh, Gentile uh, uh, enforcers, it would be puzzle. When it comes to the Gayim, uh, the way it should be done is they can uh, basically uh, apply physical force to the husband, and but they have to be clear that they're doing this to encourage the person to follow through with what the rabbis are telling him. Okay. Amar, Rav Nachman, Amar Shmuel, get we had these two concepts in the Mishnah of a, a Jewish enforcers and Gentile enforcers. If it's Musa be Yisrael, I squiggle on line be Yisrael. Now we're going to have two categories. It's either being done kedin 
or Shaloi Kedin. So if it's Kedin, I underline Kedin. Like the cases where the Mishnah says that the husband has a responsibility to divorce his wife and has to pay the ksuba, or she's forbidden to him and you have to make sure that they're separated. So if it's Kedin and it's being enforced by Jews, then it's kosher. Shaloi Kedin, I underline Shaloi Kedin, that would actually be Pasal u posel. It's invalid to allow her to, say, remarry with it. However, it's sort of enough of a get that it would posel her if she was married to a Kohen, because it's got that, that reach haget. That's all if the enforcers are Jewish. If it's Gentile enforcers, then once again, Kedin, underline Kedin, if it's one of those cases that, uh, like, we really can enforce the get, then Puzzle uposel. I dot underline puzzle uposel. Apparently, it's not going to be good, and though it would ruin her from being with a, uh, her husband if he's a kohen, shaloi kedin. If it's not kedin, Then even like the slightest hint of a get, there is not. Okay, that is what Rav Nachman said in the name of Shmuel. The Gemara asks on this: Like, are they valid to enforce like Jews, or are they not valid to enforce like Jews? Can the base din call up? Shlaimi and Maishi, and if Shlaimi and Maishi aren't there, they can call up Skeeter and Tug, or they can't call up Skeeter and Tug. Are they or are they not? Manavshach, colon. If you want to say that Gayim are able to enforce, like uh, it's, it's within the uh, Torah law that they can enforce a Jew to uh, fulfill what he has to do, then Then if they enforce it and he gives the get, it should be good. On the other hand, Kama e I also squiggle underline this word e elav if they can't be enforcers then it should be a big nothing mifsel namila lifsel it shouldn't even ruin her from being able to be with a kohen either it is good or it's not good so which way is it well Amrav Misharsha I circle Misharsha he says that actually davar taira on a taira level I get meusa ba'ivet kichavim is kosher it would be good well then why did Ron come along and say no good umatam amru Puzzle? Well, actually makes a lot of sense. Let's say you have a woman. She wants to get divorced. Husband doesn't want to divorce her. No problem. She goes into the classified, looks for like Brutus or Tug or Skeeter or some guy, hires the, the guy to, uh, you know, dangle her husband upside down from the top of a building and uh, essentially force to get. That's why we don't allow it. To have every woman or woman's family and, and rely on a guy It'd be a very simple way to have any wife get out of the relationship with the husband. Which, by the way, she had to agree to in the first place. Sometimes it's a horrible situation with Agunas. But the bottom line is the woman agreed it might be different circumstances. The guy might have turned into a monster. We don't know. But she agreed to it in the first place. Once she agreed to it, it's got to be that you cannot have an overall agreed to marry the guy. Now she wants to divorce him. Okay, there's this consequences to that. Maybe it's easy. Maybe it's not. So we definitely don't want a society where every woman or woman's family is able to hire two uh, Italians and enforce again. Because that would be very problematic. If that's the case, we had said by the Eved Kechavim about uh, seven lines ago that if it's done, there's not even a Reach Haget. Well, if we're saying that really on a Torah level they are good to enforce, it shouldn't at least it be like a Lokadin of a Yisroel, and at least it should pass from Kahuna. Like we're saying on a Torah level they can enforce, the Rabbana don't want it. 
Okay, but at least it should give a reich again. Ella, did we circle Rav Misharshia about six lines ago? I think we did. You know what? Rav Misharshia's point that we've been uh, questioning is actually uh, either want to say an outside approach, not accepted, a big joke, either Barusa or Badusa. The Gemara says, Ahadra Misharshia, Badusa he. Like a badai is a, a little fib or a f- uh, like a fiction or a, an untruth. Or barusa, he would be like an outside opinion. Sometimes it could be like a, a, a badhan, like a, a joke. Bottom line, we don't go with that approach. It's, it's not acceptable, the Rav Misharsha issue. V'tayim amai, well then what is the reason? That if it's done uh, kedin, it would be puzzle. Well, kedin, if it's done kedin by a guy, really, um, it, it might not work why do we say that it's paslu posel because that could be confused with bikadin di israel michlif so if you have a situation where the rabbanan agree this guy has to give a divorce to his wife and the goyim are going to be the enforcers you can get confused between that if you say that's good then it might be kadin of a yisrael because they're both kadin cases whereas shaloi kadin i underline if it's done shaloi kadin by goyim where goyim went sort of on their own free will and accord, and are trying to enforce this divorce. So the bottom line is, is that it doesn't work. Why would we, in any case then, when the enforcers are Goyim, say that there should be some possibility that maybe it was a get? Because it could get confused with a case of Jews. Where is that get confused? Only in the Kedin case, not in the Shiloh Kedin case. Abayi Wanderland Ashukhet because whenever the Rabbana make a Gezerah, they'll always make a Gezerah in the cases that are similar to the Iker Hadin case. Where the Iker Hadin case of a Jew is that if it's done, if the enforcers to have the get delivered are Jewish, Kedin, where it should be done, we say that's kosher. If we're going to allow a, a guy to do it, and say that it would be no good, that could be confused with a Jewish case, and we would assume that it's no good really when it should be good. Whereas if it's in the low Kedin realm, where really it is no good, then there's no reason to make the Gzeirah for the Goyim. Abayi, who I underlined, Ashcheder of Yosef, Abayi was a Talmud of Yosef, he once found his Rebbe of Yosef, I underlined Abayi, underlined of Yosef, he found of Yosef, uh, Ma'asa he was involved in uh, enforcing uh, a man, or forcing a man to give a get to his wife. Um, says Abayi of Yosef, like, uh, <coughs> with all due respect, um, I know we're the Gedolim here, but here is Bavel, and in Bavel we have certain limitations. Vaha Anan Hedyotos Anan. This is in, in, in comparison to um, Dayanim in Eretz Yisrael at that time that had the real Halachic Smicha, and the Dayanim in Bavel who were limited. So we're Hedyotos, Vitanya, and what does the Brisa say about uh, Hedyotos uh, doing things like enforcing a get? So the Tanaic source starts here, goes for about six lines. Wherever you have uh, like gatherings of uh, Gentiles, like Agors, you gather something together. Even though, huh, their court system looks mighty close to the Jewish court system. You as a Jewish community, you don't deal with them. You don't deal in, in court cases in that system. Shenemar. You're Jews, you're special, you're unique, you stay within your own system. 
Who do you present your uh, mishpatim cases to? Them. Who's the them? The shivim zakenim. In other words, the Jewish court. Lifnehem. That's one shot. Davarachir. I squiggle in the davarachir. This is more what we're going to use this uh, for. Lifnehem. That your court cases have to be in the presence of the Dayanim Smuchim, not Hedyotos. Now, based on that, so says Abaye to Rav Yosef, how can you be Maaseget? We're, we're here in Bavel. But we're not supposed to be doing those types of things. Amarle, so says Rav Yosef back to Abaye. Well, when we are doing things like Maaseget, we're not doing it of our own free will accord as an independent court system. We're doing it as shluchim of the courts in Eretz Yisroel. Midi have similar to that which we in Bava will oversee cases of haida'is and halva'is. Uh, admissions or loans or those types of, uh, we'll say, lesser monetary issues. We do it as a shaliach of the Batei Dinim in Eretz Yisroel. Well, if then the courts in Bavel can act as shluchim of the courts in Eretz Yisrael, those cases, which they don't try in Bavel, of thievery, of having to pay like two or three or five times, and damages, they should also be judged. Well, no. And here's the reason why. When we, the court system here in Bavel, do the shlichus of the court system in Eretz Yisrael, that's things that are more common. Like loan issues, or even overseeing uh, divorces. However, the things that are not as common, like and that we do not do. So yes, we are acting as shluchim of the court system in Eretz Yisrael for the things that are more common, but the things that are less common, we don't as, act as their shluchim. All right, Adkan.